in his great book, The Art of the Rifle, Jeff Cooper says something that has stuck with me for a long time. A marksman is one who can make his weapon do what it was designed to do. An expert marksman is one who can hit anything he can see under appropriate circumstances. A master marksman is one who can shoot up to his rifle. And today we're going to talk about something that's been a bit of a project in my mind for months, and I want to bounce some ideas off of you. So with that said, welcome to the Everyday Marksman, the podcast where it's all about tactical skills for living a more adventurous life. Our website's everydaymarksman.co. There you're going to find today's show notes as well as our awesome podcast, YouTube channel, and our community of marksmen and articles and all that other fun stuff. I am glad you could join me today. Before we get going, quick shout out to this episode's sponsor, and that is Ammo Squared. Ammo Squared is like a investment account for your ammunition. You set it up, you give it money, and then you can use it to buy ammo in bulk, stockpile it, save it, trade it to others, ship it to yourself and shoot it, or sell it back. It's a really nifty feature. I've been using it for over a year at this point. And definitely come check it out. I got a whole write-up for it at everydaymarksman.co forward slash ammo. Or if you go to ammosquared.com forward slash marksman, you get a little bit of a discount on your first crate of ammo. So check it out. Now, let's get on with the topic of the episode. (sighs) Something I'm calling the four corners approach to performance. And you'll see what I'm getting at in a second here. I've been trying to think of a way to illustrate this relationship between all the various things that we talk about at the Everyday Marksman. It's part of a introduction to the book that I've been trying to work on since the start of the year. And I needed a way to show why I advocate for this basics is best approach so much. I think I've got it. I want to talk about it and maybe get your thoughts as well. If you comment on the notes here, shoot me an email. So first, I want to establish the why. You know, every once in a while, I'll come back to the idea that far too many people spend too much money on more gear and equipment than they should. In the grand scheme of things, your equipment is one component of a larger picture. However, it's the easiest component to build on since it requires only that you spend more money. And on top of that, it's the only thing that gun and gear companies really have to offer. So they market the hell out of it. It is their job to convince you that what you already have isn't good enough and you need the next thing. Now, unlike ammunition, which is expendable supply, guns and gear are generally pretty durable goods and they're going to last a long time. So to stay in business, these guns and gear manufacturers require an ever-expanding customer base or they have to find a way to convince you to keep coming back time and time again. And while they may care about you and your success, they also care about staying in business. Now, this idea doesn't apply just to manufacturers. There's a lot of trainers and instructors who are trying to convince you that they have some special knowledge or insight that you haven't seen before, and that you have to pay them to teach you that special thing so you can finally bust through this plateau. Now, don't take this to mean that I don't think there isn't value in having an experienced coach or instructor to brush up on your skills from time to time and teach you something new. What I'm saying is that there's a problem with people who keep taking courses over and over again to learn new variations of the same things and then never actually practice what they've learned to the point of becoming a master. There isn't much money to be made by telling you to do the hard thing and keep practicing. 
because people are humans and we want the easy path. Unfortunately, there just isn't one. And that gets me to the illustration that I'm going to talk about today. I needed a way to show that success and anything we consider a marksman-related pursuit requires focus in more than one area at a time. If we over-optimize on one thing at the expense of the others, well, we're not going to see the performance increase that we really want. And this came to me recently when I was reading Alexander Bromley's book, Base Strength, which is a book about designing fitness programs. And he had a three-sided pyramid showing the relationship between muscle mass, strength, endurance, and coordination to make his point. And the more I thought about it, the more I was convinced that this was applicable to you and I in a lot of contexts if I made a couple tweaks to it. So imagine this. You have a four-sided pyramid, and the peak of this pyramid represents the maximum possible performance that you should expect for whatever it is you're trying to do. I'm not saying you're always going to achieve that apex of performance, but that's the maximum you could do at the best. Now, being a geometric object, the maximum height of the pyramid depends on the size of its base. Now, this base has four corners, each representing some important attribute performance. Technique, mindset, physical capability, and equipment. Let's break these down. Technique describes your skill level with the task at hand. Whatever you're doing, you have learned it, you've practiced it. This could be marksmanship fundamentals for shooting long range, could be building a fire, pressing a weight overhead, deadlifting, performing small unit tactics, or really anything that we talk about. All right. Technique is the skill that you have learned and practiced. Mindset represents your ability to focus, concentrate on the task at hand, and that you have the confidence and self-image about that task. It's a measure of how much your head is in the game. Even people who are already really skilled at something can make mental mistakes and hurt their own performance. To talk about this another way, let's talk about concentration first. You know, concentration is our ability to be aware of exactly what we're doing so that we can analyze that performance for success. Think about a golf club, swing on a golf club. A novice who doesn't yet have the required skill and coordination will swing the club and watch what the ball does. But an expert, a master, is able to read the swing as it's happening and make corrections along the way. They know what the ball is going to do before it actually happens because they could feel the difference. In shooting, it's the ability to call your shots and immediately know whether you nailed it or not as soon as the rifle fires. That's concentration. Confidence is that self-image question. It's how do you see yourself in performance? I wrote a review a long time ago about Lanny Basham's with winning in mind. You know, Lanny Basham was an Olympic shooter who coaches a lot of professional athletes and golfers and, and does motivational speaking, or as he used to, he might've retired at this point. But the idea is that you can only perform as well as you perceive your capability. The mind decides and the body follows. That's what the self-image is about. So mindset combines those two things together. The third corner is physical capability. And this is how we measure your body's ability to handle the task at hand without pain or exhaustion. Now, to put it shortly, the fitter you are, the easier everything else becomes. But this isn't just about strength and endurance. We're also talking about mobility, body composition, and just plain old good health if that's all the task that requires. Lastly, is equipment. Now, equipment refers to how effectively your gear supports completing the task on demand. Our metric here is effective, not air quote, 
better. So how do we improve our performance? Well, raising your maximum potential becomes a function of expanding the base of this pyramid. In our illustration here, imagine these four corners can move out, but you can move them one at a time. The further each point gets from zero in the middle, then the pyramid gets larger. How do we do that? Well, with technique, we learn new skills and we practice them. We get better at them. We do repetitions over and over and over again. With mindset, we have to challenge ourselves, accomplish new goals, believe in ourselves, and improve our overall focus and concentration. With physical fitness, well, that one's fairly obvious, we need to improve our health and our physical capabilities. But equipment is the interesting one. Equipment is improved through proper investment and configuration of our gear to meet the task at hand. But remember, effective is not better. A half minute of angle barrel is better but not any more effective than a two-minute of angle barrel if the task is shooting inside 25 yards. Now, if the task is precision shooting at 500 yards, suddenly that half-minute of angle barrel becomes more effective for that task. We're going to come back to this one in a second here. But what happens when we get to imbalances? See, the trick for this whole successful thing is these four corners have to expand more or less equally in all directions. Expanding one corner of this pyramid very far in one direction without expanding the others might move the peak just a little bit, but ultimately it's going to be about the same. You know, an obvious example of this in the shooting world is a person who spends a ton of money on high dollar Gucci kit, but rarely actually practices, and they've got a pretty low level of physical capability. It's easy to keep spending money and pushing the equipment corner way the hell out there. But unless you invest in the other three attributes, your performance potential is just going to stay about the same. And this is what drives people to do things like buying a new piece of gear, never actually getting good with it, getting frustrated they're not getting any better, buy another new piece of gear thinking this time it's going to solve their problem, and it never does. Because the reality is, for most of us, the equipment corner is already far ahead of everything else that we've got. This is why Jeff Cooper said what he said about a master marksman is one who can shoot up to his rifle. Think about another direction with this one, something we'll call the tactical tourist, who invests a huge amount of time and money into taking training courses, going to the range. When it comes to the real-world employment of the weapon, their technique corner is well covered. But what if they lack the physical fitness requirement to do anything beyond standing at a square range? Well, their potential is still limited. One more example, the person who has invested in good gear has a good amount of capability and they practice a lot, but they don't yet see themselves as fully capable of execution. This person is limiting their potential by lacking the proper mindset. Regardless of the task we're talking about, performance relies on all corners of the pyramid being in balance. Now, I'm going to rewind here and talk about the equipment question because I'm sure I'm going to ruffle some feathers over this one. Look, by saying that our metric of success for equipment is effectiveness, I know you might be scratching your head, but I want to iterate this explicitly refers to effectiveness for the task at hand when combined with the other corners of the pyramid. Let's talk optic selection as an example of this. The task is hitting a target placed at 800 yards with a bolt action rifle chambered in 6.5 Creedmoor. The rifle and the ammunition themselves are capable of better than one minute of angle accuracy, so they're not in question here. You have the choice between two scopes, 
One is a 3 to 18 by 50 with a mill hash reticle, and the other is a 5 to 25 by 56 with a nice mill tree reticle. Which do you choose? If you're like most people, there's a really high chance here that you're going to take the 5 to 25 by 56 with the tree because you perceive it as being better. However, in the context of effectiveness for the task, they're both about the same. Now, why would I say that? 18x is more than enough magnification for most people to see a target at 800 yards. If you're struggling to see the target at 18x, then the problem is either your own eyesight, which now falls under the physical capability corner of the pyramid, or the optic itself is not good enough. That means it's less effective for the job. When it comes to the reticle, both are perfectly effective if you assume that your practice technique is up to par. Some people train and practice to use the holdover tree, and they would naturally gravitate towards the second scope that has the tree. Others, like me, trained to practice spinning the elevation turrets and dial for distance, then we hold for wind. As long as our technique is up to par, then both options will work. But Matt, what if the turrets, the scope you're dialing, don't actually dial the right distance? Well, then we're back to the question of that scope is no longer effective for the task. Do you see where I'm going with this? Another example here, we'll talk load-bearing gear because this has been a big topic lately. Once you get past a certain point in material quality, It's not really a question of which piece of gear is better, but one of how effectively that gear supports how you have trained and practiced to do the task. Someone like me, who is a born and bred gear nerd, can waste pages and pages and pages and thousands of words and make videos about subtle variations between this version of belt kit versus that version of belt kit. How many magazines go on it? Where do you put your magazine pouches? Maybe you should go with a chest rig or a plate carrier or a battle belt or a duty belt or just wear a smock and no belt at all. But ultimately, at the end of the day, all of that is window dressing. It's all fun stuff that I like to talk about because I'm a nerd. And when it's time to get serious, what actually matters is that I pick something and I train with it. And that the way I have set up my equipment supports how I train with it. I know exactly where my magazines are. I can retrieve them effectively. I can load them effectively. I can manage my ammunition supply, manage my water, manage my first aid or anything else that I'm carrying. That is what is important. The gear supports the training. The training informs the gear choices. And all the while, the heavier your gear gets, the more of a factor your physical capabilities become. Now, to wrap this one up, you can apply the pyramid of performance to just about any task. Smaller ones like tying and knots or really big ones that encompass a lot of skills like performing small unit tactics or competing in an NRL hunter match. You can break all of this down. You can even try to apply this different context. As I was thinking about this pyramid, I was going back over the times that I've trained people to operate nuclear weapons and I've trained people to write program software and all of these things remain constant. All of the little skills can be broken down. So I think going forward, this is how I'm going to talk about the training paradigms for everyday marksmen. Because when I talk about building everyday marksmen and developing tactical skills for living a more adventurous life, I'm thinking big pyramid skills. We need to be pretty good at many things all at once rather than really good at a few things just a couple of times. The challenge is that nobody wants to do the hard thing. Everybody wants the shortcut, the silver bullet, they can flop some money on the table and bypass the whole process. And that's just not how this works. The sooner 
that we can convince someone to widen the base of their performance pyramid with good old-fashioned hard work than the more success they're going to see in the long run. And with that, we're going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you for listening. I'm glad you could join with me. Come by the website, everydaymarksman.co. Check out the show notes. Leave a comment for me if you like this one. If you disagree with my model, i got some pictures and things up there to illustrate for it. But most of all, I just want to hear from you. All right. Now with that, I'm going to sign off. You have a great weekend. And I'm going to catch you next time, which will be after my run and gun event. So maybe I'll have a few words to say about that one. Until then, my friend, I'll see you later. And I don't have a catchphrase to go with it. So, all right, that's it. Matt out. Have a good day.